everybody. Welcome to the Good Evening Kitties podcast, a Tales from the Crypt review. My name is Melissa, your ghostess with the Mosis, and today's episode is Season 5, Episode 9, Creep Course. Here I have back return guest Brandon Kellum from the band American Standards. Brandon, how's it going? Hey, hey it's been a little bit. It's going it's pretty been, well, you know. It's been Plenty over two time. years. Two Has it really been two years already? Yeah. Wow, that's nuts. So what you been doing in the last two years? <laughs> you know, now just staying in the house, buying succulents. That's what people do in quarantine, right? They buy succulents and just they're wa- they watch their cactuses grow in, you know, the, the backyard. That's what I'm doing. Are they growing very well? I don't know. I don't know how to raise these succulents, you know, we'll raise them with the, the values and instill the morals that they should have. So occasionally I go out there and I'm like, this cactus looks like it needs a little bit of water. And that's pretty much all. You want them to get, be good plants, you know, be good plants to other plants and have good morals and American standards. I just want to have a life better than I had, you know, like every parent wants. <laughs> yes. You tried to do better than your own parents. <laughs> Got really deep here. <laughs> <laughs> It's been two years. It was uh, March 30th when your last episode came out, 2018. Uh, you were on season two, episode 16, Television Terror. If anyone wants to go check out that one, it was a pretty fun one. I absolutely love Tales from the Crypt. I mean, actually, so not only do I have a few Tales from the Crypt t-shirts now, I have another one that's in the mail that I should be getting any day here now. So Tales from the Crypt, Twilight Zone, all those old anthologies have always been my bread and butter. Yeah, yeah, last time I remember you had the one that you wore all the time for your shows. I've actually acquired, I think I've acquired three now since then. Uh, we, so yeah. we might be matching. We've got to compare the collection we have. I have one that just says, like, Tales from the Crypt. I got, like, just off a regular, like, tea public kind of thing. Uh, and then I have um, one my friend got me that's, like, the Crypt Keeper in the shape of, like, Hello Kitty. Nice. And it says, it says Hello Kitties on the bottom of it. And then uh, I have the one where he's like on the beach chair lounging on the beach. And it says like, uh, wish you were dead on it, like a postcard. So we have entirely uh, different t-shirts <laughs> and I'm kind of excited to see those now because I haven't seen those. But like, I'm always on the lookout for like really cool uh, Tales from the Crypt or Twilight Zone or like Outer Limits. Like I- I've yet to find a cool Outer Limits one yet, but I'm always looking for cool shirts of like those styles. What's the, what's one of the new uh, tail shirts you got? So the new one I have is actually, so it's just a Crypt Keeper on it, but it's like a baseball tee and it's black and gray. I think I probably got, I mean, I don't think, I don't know if there's any actual official Tales from the Crypt uh, merch. I could be completely wrong, but um, I think I got it from one of those ones that's kind of like Teespring. So it's probably just like a fan-made t-shirt, but yeah. it looks cool for what it is. Cause like there's some real garbage ones that I've seen that's like, they didn't even try on this, but it, it looks pretty cool. Yeah, I think the one I got, the Wish You Were Dead one, is red and white. It's a baseball-type tee. And I think I got it from Cavity Colors. I think it was like a last-minute, we're bringing this back temporarily, get on it kind of shirt. Um, and the beauty of social media is once you look at one, like on Facebook or Instagram, it's every single post after that. You're going to get like sponsored posts from these random companies selling like bootlegs. Oh, my gosh, it's creepy what comes up on my Facebook sometimes. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so this episode, if you uh, you checked it out, it's a, it's I've watched it one. twice so far. So much like this episode where the uh, the guy had to cram, I did my cramming this morning watching it again just to, <laughs> you know, refresh my memory. Yeah, it's a fun one. I kind of forgot about this one, but it's, uh, it's kind of a slow build to a crazy ending. Was this a classic one for you? Because I feel like there's mixed, when I looked online, like mixed reviews of people that felt like this was like of the top echelons of Tales from the Crypt. But See, this, this one is one really that I personally out. didn't remember. Yeah. yeah. I, 
I'm sure I watched it, but it just, it did, like, until I started watching it, I was like, okay, this seems vaguely familiar, but it didn't stand out as, like, one of the top ones to me. Yeah, I didn't really remember it much either. I mean, this one does get a, a bit gory at the end, so I think maybe that's one reason it sticks out, and it's got Anthony Michael Hall in it. At the time when that came out, he was he was a big deal. I mean, he's still kind of a big deal, I think. But yeah, so that might have something to do with it. But let's go ahead and break down Season 5, Episode 9, Creep Course. As always, John Cassier does the voice of the Crypt Keeper and Danny Elfman does the theme song. This episode aired November 10th, 1993. So I'm going to read the summary of it that's on IMDb. So for Creep Course, it's a bookworm is tricked by a jock and her devious Egyptology professor to be the virgin sacrifice to an ancient mummy in the teacher's basement. Some of that was spelled wrong. Okay. So, <laughs> Level so that, difficult. Yeah, a little difficult. So yeah, this is about Egypt and mummies and all that stuff. And um, it was direct. this episode was directed by Jeffrey Boehm, who also produced TV's The Adventures of Briscoe County Jr. It stars Jeffrey Jones from movies like Beetlejuice, Anthony Michael Hall from TV's The Dead Zone, Nina Saimasco, from, from Airheads. TV's, huh? She's in Airheads. Oh, is she? I haven't it's seen a that classic. Movie. Gosh, I haven't seen that movie in like 15 years plus. It's it's a great band movie. If uh, I feel it like is. every band guy has to watch Airheads. Yeah, it's pretty fun. I, I have to check that out again. But yeah, she's also from TV's The West Wing. But yeah, Airheads. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> Julius Carey from movies like The New Guy and Rinda Ray Norman from movies like The Dentist 2. The main characters are three. So Jeffrey Jones plays Professor Finley. Then Anthony Michael Hall is Reggie Skolnick. And Nina Zemesco is Stella Bishop. Now, it's mostly about Stella. And she's kind of mousy and stuff. But we'll go ahead and open up the episode here. So can you see that, Brandon? I can see that, yeah. Oh, okay. we're fancy now. We didn't have this technology in the last episode. <laughs> this no. is what, a, what a miracle two years will do. <laughs> I mean, I probably could have did it then. I just didn't know. So this one opens up and you know, you're in the crypt and you got the crypt keeper and he's got like a banner up cause he's in college and then all this Egyptian stuff. Like you got the statues and there's a man laying here and I believe he's, is he taking his tongue out? looks like he has his tongue out. Yeah. I think he's going to like embalm this guy. He's in, it's a little hard. To, yeah. He's got like a cloak on or like a coat thing and he's i think he's going to involve the guy is is the thing he's going for which makes the quality sense. of the youtube here actually it plays to the benefit of this episode sometimes and also to the detriment later on too yeah so. <laughs> yeah this uh some of these youtube things on here they put up the, the episodes are not always the clearest there's been a couple lately that i'm like oh that's actually pretty decent looking and then sometimes you're like i don't know what this is so this one opens up in the Egyptology laboratory, and it's a course that's being taught by Professor Finley, played by Jeffrey Jones. And he's telling this story. Stella and Reggie are in the class as well as other people. And it looks more like a science lab, which I it seems kind of weird, but to me it kind of looks more like it's set up like tables and things like you would do more science work, but I guess not. Yeah, I can't say I ever had an Egyptology professor to like, you know, compare the differences between how realistic this actually is. But uh, yeah, no, 100%. I don't think I've ever seen that class in a, like a course manual <laughs> in a catalog. But yeah, so it talks about the Pharaoh Ramses. He's a mummy. He wouldn't die. And that's what gets everybody's attention. Everyone's like, oh, he, well, he wouldn't die? What? It seems that old Ramseth was a possessive and jealous sort of fellow. And the object of his obsession was a beautiful young maiden, the Princess Nephra. Unfortunately, Ramseth tossed his mortal coil before actually consummating his relationship with the lovely Nephra. So, 
despite his newly acquired status as an embalmed and mummified corpse, he emerged from his tomb on the anniversary of his death and each year after to search the city for the princess Nephra. Needless to say, Ramseth's jealous disposition and bad temper had not improved in death. And the local citizens so feared and dreaded his annual rampage that they were forced to arrive at a drastic solution. Each year, a maiden was delivered to Ramseth's tomb, a human sacrifice. Each time, the crazed old mummy would expect to see his beloved Nephra standing before him, and each time he would be disappointed. Exploding in anger, he vented his rage upon the innocent young woman in a manner really too horrible to describe. So apparently this Ramsey guy or whatever, this pharaoh, was very obsessed and in love with Princess Nephra. But he died before he could hit that. So <laughs> he was really upset about that. Classic um, Romeo and Juliet tell. Yeah. On the anniversary of his death each year, he comes out of the tomb to search for her. Which, now that I think about it, shouldn't they be talking more of, like, the history of this pharaoh? Not something that most people would consider to be probably a myth? A, myth. a folklore, yeah. Yeah, the fact that this professor's like, no, this is what happens <laughs> every year. This guy comes back, he just won't stay dead. It, like, almost, now that I think about it, it kind of sets it up for later. It definitely mimics, so... like, the, the tropey horror movie where, like, the kids are sitting around a campfire and they're talking about someone that, like, on this annual celebration or annual, like, you know, event, they come back and take revenge upon those that wronged them. Oh, yeah. Anytime I see that in a movie and they're like, a year later, I'm like, oh, something's going to something's <laughs> gonna be bad. So during this, while Professor Finley is telling this story, Reggie, played by Anthony Michael Hall, is drawing out plays for his football game because he's on the team. Is, is it college or high school? I want to say college. It's kind of, it's ambiguous, in my opinion, yeah. what this truly is. Probably college, probably college. Because, uh, you know, Egyptology professors, they're only in college, of course. Well, yeah, and the way that, like, um, Stella later is, like, working at the cafe there or something. So it kind of makes it seem, like, I thought that was maybe at the school. Yeah. Um, so Professor Finley's just going over more and more of how horrible this man was and all those things like that. And there was, like, a necklace and everything involved with this. Basically, the guy wanted this woman even in death. He so, says it keeps the old boy off the street, which that line, I don't know why it stuck out to me, but it, the way he delivered it was really awkward. <laughs> keeps the old boy off the street. Uh, and so during this, you can see that uh, Reggie is a bit of a slacker. Like I said, he was making up the football plans, and Stella's complete opposite. She's, like, writing every note down, and she's cute. She's, like, this mousy, you know, like, glasses and this uh, little bob cut. And then he, uh, Reggie's more kind of like jock kind of looking, not not bulky, but just football-y, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. And they, they definitely set up his name, like Mr. Uh, Skolnick is his name, or his last name is Skolnick. But they set that up for the immediate punchline of Mr. Numskull, which now <laughs> we're going to have to call him for the rest of this episode. <laughs> Mr. Numskull, yes. Professor Finley is asking about these kingdoms and wanting them to name these kingdoms. And so he asks Mr. Numskull, and he doesn't know what he's talking about because he's writing this football play. So Professor Finley, you know, calls him on it. And he's like, maybe you should consult your playbook or whatever it is you have and everything. And so he just starts, like, making things off the top of his head. And the whole time Stella's watching him like, uh-huh, yeah, that's so, that's so wrong. <laughs> 
So eventually, Professor Finley calls on Stella, and she answers it all right, because she's been paying attention, because she's a good student. Because she's wearing glasses. That makes everybody a smart person, right? <laughs> yeah, she's wearing glasses. She's not wearing anything revealing. She just has, like, pants and a shirt and a vest on, <laughs> and she doesn't have anything, you know, she's, you can tell she's, like, real nerdy. And so then it cuts from the class to Stella working at the cafe or some kind of coffee shop thing, which I thought was maybe on campus, but I don't know. It looks like a lot of younger people there. Feels very like a, much like a cafeteria. Yeah. And so she's working, and Reggie really wants to pass this class. So he's going to need some help. He's going to need someone to help him cheat. And he's going to play. Stella has a crush on him, a pretty big one. And so he's going to play that for his own benefit to get help on the midterm makes me wonder why is a football player in an egyptology class like don't you pick that kind of thing like so specific he he's that was his third elective choice and all the other (laughs) classes were taken up everything else was taken so he was like oh i guess like you know like movie review class and all these other stuff that he was he's probably better like i've seen the mummy with brendan fraser this has got to be good yeah that'd be fine (laughs) but yeah so because i'm like i don't see how you would ever pick that unless he just waited too long to pick courses and that's all you had left over because I did something similar in college when I was I had to pick um, some sort of elective and I was like oh I'll take immunology it says it's a beginner course yeah sure and I also took it alongside uh, anatomy and physiology well I got in the immunology class and it was this woman who also worked with the CDC and did all this stuff and it was definitely not beginner to the point where I was like begging my advisor like is there any other class I can go into. I'm going to fail this class. I can't handle it. And she's like, I'm sorry, there's nothing else. I just had to like barely fly by on like a D. It was not easy. Like this class is horrible. I was like, oh my gosh, never again. That class is very relevant for now. Now you've learned to wash your hands. Yes. Yes. I had no idea before. I mean, up until I was like 23, I was like, what's this soap and water? Yeah. Sing the ABC song. What? Well, like I said, I've said in the other episode, I like to do, I do the Golden Girls theme song. (laughs) Kind of nice little bop dance around too. So uh, they're back in the cafe and she's working and and the whole time uh, Reggie is like, Your name is Stella? Yes, it is. Reggie (laughs) Skolnick. You are. Working hard, I see, huh? It's just a couple hours a day. You know, it's more convenient working on campus Stella? than off. And, uh, um... Excuse me. Professor Finley's really on my case, isn't he? I mean, how do you like the way he treats me in class? Well, it wasn't. I mean, I've got feelings, too. I mean, it was pretty embarrassing for me. Yeah, I could see that. Now, Stella, I'm going to flunk that midterm unless you help me. Me? Will you, Stella? Please? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Please, 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 Stella. Come on, you know the subject inside and out. It would mean a lot to me. Well, I suppose I could help you study. That's what I'm really good at. I mean, I... I'm not a brain or anything, but I do take excellent notes. So they agree to meet in the library later to study. She's in the library. She's got like all these books and it's, it's a pretty big library, a lot of tables and everything's wood. And she's got all these books and he shows up all trying to be all suave with like these sunglasses and just like, he shows up with nothing. 
Dude yeah. shows up late with nothing. <laughs> late with nothing, not a pen, not a notebook, anything. And so right away, Stella's like, I'm sorry, were we going to study? I didn't know. Like, she's like, where's all your stuff? But she's so sweet that she's just like, that's okay. That's okay. I have extras of everything. She has like eight pens sitting there. And <laughs> she so does have a stack of pens. Yeah. Just like, noticed that. <laughs> there's like six pens there. She's like, I'm good. If I run out of ink, I got extra. You never know. Anyway, so what Reggie's saying to her is, he's like, the only thing I'm good at is football. I know no matter how much studying we do, it's it's too late. This midterm's like in a few days, if not tomorrow. So the plan that Reggie has is how about you ask Professor Finley if you can come over to like his house to do some extra to get some extra credit or something. And then while you're distracting him, I'll sneak out or sneak in. I'll sneak in and I'll steal the answers to the test. And Which like, is the weirdest thing ever, because like, would you have ever asked a teacher to come to their house? Like, wouldn't she just be like, can we stay after class for a little bit to, like, go over something that, like, yo, can I come to your house after? Yeah, it seems kind of creepy or kind of like most teachers probably wouldn't want you to come to their house. They'd be like, I'll just give you a paper or something you can do now. And anyway, why would this chick who probably has amazing grades need extra credit? <laughs> like, as the teacher, like, there's only so much you can do after a wow, while. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, it's like after so much you can do. Most teachers would be like, you're doing fine. Trust me, you could fail this test and still get an A. Like it's, so you're it telling seems me you never weird. went to a teacher's house after class. That's not a regular thing. I don't, think, I, yeah, I don't think I ever really went to a teacher's house, unless it was like in college and they were having some sort of like gathering for the class at their house with food. Like it wasn't like, come to my house, I'll give you extra credit. Plus also this is, I mean, he's basically in a way committing breaking and entering. It's already setting up to be illegal. And why wouldn't the teacher maybe have this at the school or like in his desk or like, in yeah, a, right. you know, unless this is a common occurrence with people stealing things all the time, like that stealing uh, answers. She probably stole all those pins. <laughs> Sometimes that's hard. You got to put your name <laughs> on pins. People, especially at work, people take your pins. There you go. See their pin. So she's like, no, I'm not going to do this. I can't, I can't do this. And she heads over like with her stuff and she's putting the reference books and stuff away. Just like this was a complete waste of time. And he's still like pleading his case. Like you know, everybody looks at me. And they think I've got it made. Like, I don't have a care in the world. But they're wrong, Stella. I'm really scared. Football's the only future I've got. It's about to go down the drain. But it would be wrong. If anybody gets in trouble, it'll be me, not you. And I promise you, Stella, I will protect you. Nobody will know. After the game, there's going to be a party just for the team. And I want you to come with me. I want you to be my date. No, you don't. You don't want to go with me. Yes, I do. No, you don't. Why would you want to take me? Why wouldn't I? Because you're still the bookworm? Still the wallflower? Huh? That's what they think, isn't it? But they're wrong. Aren't they? Just like they're wrong about me. As if she needs to care so much about this. Like, it's her responsibility to get him to pass. And so he's still just, like, backing her kind of into a corner. But then she takes her glasses off, and she's immediately a 10. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> uh, I mean, she's cute. I actually think she's cuter with the glasses, but... Um, it, it's kind of like the Clark Kent thing. It's like, oh, I didn't recognize you without your glasses on. <laughs> or, like, wasn't it the... It was that movie, like, She's All That? Like, they took out her ponytail and took her glasses off, and then all of a sudden she was a knockout. 
Yes, like every 90s or 80s movie was like, this person is a whole different person with their glasses on and their hair up. I'm trying to say that. Yeah, he takes her glasses off. That is such nerve. Him just being like, let me see how beautiful. Like, she, he's he's coming on to her, and she's backed up against the... This rest- gets a little creepy. His yeah. eyes are creepy here. Look at it. <laughs> yeah, he's like almost threatening her the way he's got her backed up onto the Dewey Decimal System there behind her. And <laughs> then he leans out. in. Yeah. <laughs> to the he Dewey Decimal System. <laughs> he leans in and kisses her. And I was like, oh, because her face looks so, like it's slow. And her face is like, like she's like, oh my God, he's kissing me. And I'm like, oh, she's so gone. He's, <laughs> he's got her. And so then he's like, yeah, I got this. And he just like looks at her and hands the glasses back. And he's like, I'll see you tonight or whatever, you know, to go do it. And so she's she like, puts the arm of the glasses in her eye. <laughs> yeah, she's just completely thrown now. She's like, what? So later, I'm assuming that night, she shows up to Professor Finley's house. And he's just happily like, oh, hey, how's it going? Come on in. Professor Finley's like, you know, I wish more students had your kind of curiosity. And, and yeah, you can come help me with my stuff or my projects and things. And they're all downstairs in the cellar. And I'm like, this is not, this isn't appropriate, like, to just be going downstairs in the cellar with your professor she gets down there right and he has this place it's like a museum down here just archaeologist city just statues and everything uh from egypt and all this stuff and she's completely in she's like oh this is awesome as she's heading around she sees this door like this old door and she's like well what's in here and so this is the tomb of that ramses guy or whatever he was talking about and i was like how did you get an entire tomb into your basement and how did he also, he hits the wall and it just opens. Like, that's some sweet technology right there. Like he built the house around a pyramid. <laughs> and then that's because, I mean, it is, it's sweet. Like Look how he's thick got, the wall is. It's like yeah. it's two feet wide. It's amazing in here. It pops open and it's this thick wall. Like it's like a bunker down here. And there's lights that are, the lamps are already lit. Like it's just been hanging down here. There's got to be an airflow, right? Because like if the door was shut, wouldn't the lights go out? So right away, you know, something's probably up. He's got this ready. Like, there's a reason these are all lit. So she start, walks in and she's like, oh, my gosh, this tomb. And ahead of her is the sarcophagus. It's like upright. As she's down there talking to Professor Finley, Reggie's upstairs and he's sneaking in. And so, so you're like, you okay. feel something fishy was going on at this point with him? Not yet, because I didn't really remember this one. Yeah, I was thinking more that. Jeffrey Jones was just going to be a bad guy and do something to her. I didn't really know what, but I was like, I mean, the way he's looking at her right now yeah, <laughs> um, as she's walking into the tomb is unnerving. So I was thinking maybe she, he was just going to do something to her. And then Reggie was maybe going to just be in the way and have to yeah. fight and figure it out. Like they played it pretty well. Did you, did you think? No, I agree 100% cause I don't remember this episode. Well, like, it, like I said, it felt vaguely familiar. But at this point, I knew that obviously the professor was shady. But like like you said, I almost thought that like maybe Reggie was going to come in to to help and end up getting caught up in this whole situation. I, I didn't think until maybe a minute from here that he actually had anything to do with it. Yeah, Reggie's upstairs looking through stuff, trying to find the paperwork, or at least that's what you think. That's when she realizes Stella turns around. She realizes she shouldn't be here. Something's not right. So she goes to leave, and he grabs her, and he pulls her and I think you can kind of see the two move a little bit from that wall being like made of cardboard or something <laughs> and because she's got her fingers on it and pulling on it and so Professor Finley's trying to drag her into the tomb and as he's doing that that's when Reggie comes down and is like hey you know 
leave her alone and all stuff. And you're still kind of like, oh, okay, he's he's gonna help. And he's pulling her and he grabs her. What's the matter with you? Can't you do anything right? and yells at Professor Finley and throws Stella into the tomb, and they shut the door behind them. So now she's sealed in this tomb, and she's banging on the door and all that stuff. And so that's that's when you're like, okay, well, they're they're both in on it. And they even have this line where they're like, woo, women are getting stronger these days. Because, <laughs> like, I mean, I guess it's also to, to say, like, he's been doing it for a while, you know. Do you think, so Mr. Numbskull has been involved in this situation, this setup this whole time, or...? I don't think so, because it sounds to me like Jeffrey Jones has been doing this for years, as we yeah. find out in the later. I mean, Reggie's only, like, in his early 20s. So unless he's, like, related to him, and we don't know, but I don't think he is. Yeah. Um, he's not related to him. So, I mean, is it every year they have to do this? Oh, Once yeah. a year, they have to sacrifice a virgin to curb the appetite of this uh, mummy that didn't get any from the, the girl he loved or something. Yeah, so because this pharaoh didn't get it, from Princess Nefer before he died, because, I mean, things are horrible back then. You know, you get some sort of disease and you're dead. And like and, 17. Yeah, like 17. <laughs> you lived a full life. You've been rolling since you were 10. It's fine. <laughs> so he's mad about that. So, yeah, every year you have to sacrifice a virgin, which, first of all, how dare you assume Stella is a virgin? Okay? She was wearing glasses. <laughs> She's smart and wears glasses. She's a virgin. <laughs> okay, so it's not like she doesn't know any other nerdy guys. You know, I'm just saying. <laughs> she never took off the glasses at school. That's probably why. So Jeffrey Jones, or Professor uh, Professor Finley, blows on this horn to wake up the pharaoh, which I guess he doesn't just wake up on his own, which it seems like I, he's waking up every year. The shadow of this, too, is kind of goofy. Yeah. The shadow of him holding this big, like, curved horn and just leaning back, and it's real loud. Reggie's like, oh, God. That's an artistic shot. Yeah. Someone was trying to have fun. They're like, we got it. There's a lot of shadows. We got to have fun. <laughs> so Stella's in this tomb and she's like, man, now what? Like, what is going on? She doesn't know. And as she's standing there, the sarcophagus starts to wiggle a little bit. And she's like, get out of town. And then this like wind hits her. She's like, what? <laughs> Jeffrey Jones just looks like he's fed. He's like, ah, every year I have to do this. Whew. <laughs> so he's like, breath. I need a drink. I need a drink. Let's go. So they both head upstairs and they leave her down in the tomb. So she's like... Try she's keeping an eye on this pharaoh, and he's all mummified and gross, and probably smells horrible. This and is where the the low quality resolution of YouTube actually helps, because I'm like, this mummy doesn't look too bad, actually. Yeah, yeah, like he just looks real. He looks. They got a real like skinny guy, so that it looks like he's mostly bones. Like his arms are real skinny, and his um, face is real like sunken. His eyes, and so he backs her down into a corner, and she starts like sliding down, and. So conveniently, the Princess Nephra hat is next to her. <laughs> Isn't she lucky that it's right there and not on display on some sort of case or something like you would? And so the Pharaoh goes to grab her and like pulls her up by like her shirt or her neck. I mean, he's going to kill her, I suppose. But the twist here is this is where her taking off her glasses makes her a different person again. <laughs> so she's smart. So she knows the story, right? I mean, they just heard it that day. If not, she already knows all of it. So she's like... I am Princess Nephra. Don't you recognize me? She, like, throws the hat on real quick. And so then he stops trying to kill her, and he, like, strokes her face. And she's like, yes, it's working, yes. Her, the look of relief on her face when he's like, oh, it is you. It is you, Nephra. She's like, oh, my God. It's about time. People have been sacrificing virgins to me for the last century. 
Yes, he's like, about time I get this. <laughs> and so now they're upstairs. Uh, Finley and Reggie are upstairs talking. Professor Finley is saying how for generations, it's been like a father to son curse of taking care of this pharaoh. Do you have to do this or else like your whole family will be killed or this is just something he's had to do for generations. And you, I don't know if he has a son to pass it down to or what. So I'm assuming eventually uh, this guy's going to get, this pharaoh's going to get frustrated. He's giving them a drink of bourbon right now. Yes. At this point, did you assume anything else in the terms of a double cross? I didn't really know. They didn't really say about what Reggie was wanting yet. So yeah. it was just them up there like talking about the whole situation in itself. And then Professor Finley saying how hard it is to find, you know, virgin maidens or whatever to bring down there and everything. And so, yeah, they both drink some. You said it was bourbon. I think that's what they said. Yeah. yeah. And so he just drinks it. And yeah, you don't really think too much. It's It's done fairly well to where you don't really think that there's going to be a difference or a problem. And then, but you see though that right when he turns his back, Finley looks at his watch. I noticed as soon as Professor Finley starts saying like, "Oh, you know, relax, enjoy your drink, hurry up, you know, drink up, drink up." That's when I was kind of like, "Something's going on with this drink. You shouldn't push someone to drink that much." <laughs> this student, this student <laughs> yeah, in your especially house, especially not your students. <laughs> and then give them a fancy cigar in like this nice little case. Well, he didn't really give it to him. He took it out. Reggie <laughs> was like, "I'll take this cigar." Make but myself yeah, so at home. So he did all this. He's killing someone and keeping this whole tradition thing, which I guess he's not going to tell anyone. It's kind of a big deal that this for pharaoh like a, gets up. a grade, right? For a grade <laughs> on, a, on a midterm. And it's not even a good grade. He gives him a C plus. I'd be like, you got to be freaking kidding me. I would have been mad too. I'd be like, I brought you this chick to kill. <laughs> and she's dead now. Like her family lost a child and she's dead. And I mean, I don't really care, but I should be at least getting... I was like, at least give him like a B. I mean, C plus better than you got in your immunology class. Yeah. I think she <laughs> let me slide. It was like, I barely, she was like, just get away from me. So I was like, yeah, thank you. Bye. You didn't have a whole plot to like sneak into her house and. <laughs> no, <laughs> but it was, it was ridiculous at class. But uh, so that's when he starts, he's um, Reggie's like, what? Well, this is a horrible, stupid grade. And now I think he's trying to get money out of them. He wants some of the riches. He wants it because he knows this guy's got a bunch of stuff. Like, Yeah, that stuff downstairs. That stuff downstairs all like museum quality. You could get a lot for him. And even now, he's still passing him the drink as he's smoking the cigar because Reggie thinks he's hot shit and he's sitting there on the thing just like trying to make a deal with him at like 20 years old. <laughs> yeah, right. Sipping his, his bourbon, smoking his cigar. He's all Mad Men-esque. Uh, the cigar case was cool, though. It was like a little tiny tube. Like yeah, a little I was coffee. digging it. I was like, that's kind of sweet. Super on brand. Yeah. So Reggie finishes the drink, and then they start talking about the whole embalming process. You you really don't listen during class, do you, Reggie? Yeah, well, this isn't school anymore, Finley. Not even during the lecture on the ancient art of embalming, as I recall. Even the dimmest bovine brain nitwit usually perks up during the embalming lecture. It's just so gross. What's your point? Do you recall what I said this instrument was used for? For removing the brain through the nose. I'm impressed. Are you done? Not yet. Do you remember, Reggie, how the ancient embalmers removed the other internal organs? Who cares? They would mix a potion. Call it a drink which they would pour down the corpse's throat. After a short time, 
the organs would dissolve into a thick sludge which would ooze from the body through the mouth of the ass. So Professor Finley starts telling him, well, sometimes they would make this drink and it would dissolve the organs into the sludge. That's when Reggie gets suspicious because he thinks it's in this drink. Whatever this concoction is, this potion that makes your organs liquefy and come out of your orifices, which sounds- It made me wonder if that was true. I didn't look it up, but it also like immediately his rebuttal to this is like, well, that's not true because you also drink it. Yeah. He's like, you drank it too. And the professor's like, no, did I? Did I drink it? Did you really watch me pour these drinks? And then when he goes over there, you see that there's like a couple different bottles, which still they're not really labeled. I feel like that's really risky, but <laughs> I mean, I don't know, because it, uh, it's going to get real gross here in a second. Now Reggie stands up and he starts heading over to Finley to attack him or yell at him. It is so nasty. So his organs are liquefying and I assume they're coming out of his butt. The best line, arguably, in this entire episode is you look like the poster boy for Depends. <laughs> both drinks from the same decanter? No, of course not. How could you? You weren't paying attention as usual. Son of a bitch. Reggie, you're embarrassing. You look like the poster boy for Depends. <laughs> it's nasty. My line, my, uh, my note here is, oh, that's nasty. Like, that's just... <laughs> Because it's just this brown and, like, black bubbly sludge coming out of his pants. Ruining his Nikes. Yes, his all-white Nikes are (laughs) are being ruined in his light blue denim. And he's clutching his stomach. The sounds (laughs) are pretty horrific, too. The sounds are, they got me. It's nasty. And now he's, like, holding his throat, and it's, like, coming out of his mouth. And it's just, like, coming out of every orifice. And he's not, technically, I feel like I'd be on the ground. But he's still standing up. He's holding himself <laughs> up as well as he can to the point where he, like, sprays this sludge all over Jeffrey Jones. Maybe you could have got him to stand over, like, a tarp or something. I feel like that's a huge mess on your carpet. Yeah, it does seem because it was all over his face. It was all over that King Tut statue he had in the background. Yeah, <laughs> it's everywhere. He drags Reggie's body downstairs. And he tries to put him in this other little sarcophagus, but it's too small. So then he has to hold his knees and just slam his legs down in there and break them. This is a nice sarcophagus. He's ruining nice. this with shit. Yeah. I wonder how, I guess he'll just leave him in there forever. Oh. And so he covers him up, right? And yeah, so he's in the sarcophagus put away. And as he's doing this, his back is turned toward the tomb door, and the tomb door opens, which I'm assuming doesn't normally happen. I'm assuming the pharaoh just does what he needs to do, takes care of everything. Maybe you clean up the body afterwards. So it opens, right? And so he slowly, Finley turns around and he's like, well, why would that happen? And he's still like wiping the goo off his hands and all that. And he heads in there. And so the mummy's like, got his hands, arms crossed, like, what's up? And he's just like <laughs> leaning up, <laughs> leaning up on the sarcophagus, like, hey, how's it going? <laughs> and Professor Finley comes in like, what's going on? Where's Stella? You know, this isn't normally what happens. That's this is a portion. <laughs> so everything up to this point, I'm like, the poor quality is definitely helping uh, this episode because the mummy looks great because it's poor quality but then she comes back and i'm like i wish this was better quality come <laughs> on youtube i know right she looks so different so now somehow she found makeup and she she put the ancient makeup on she doesn't have her glasses on she's got the nephra hat on she's got her clothes are gone now she's got like this gold snake thing curl thing around her breast so that she's got like this tunic thing from her waist down and just all this gold on her she is princess nephra <laughs> this alone would have took the entire time that they took that drink and then he cleaned it up 
I mean, just for her to do her makeup for this scene, come on now. Yeah, she moved fast. <laughs> she moved fast because I believe it is implied that she slept with him, right? Yeah. 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 They definitely make that a point in a little bit here. Yeah. So she, uh, I, I mean, I guess because now she seems pretty, she seems fairly calm about it. I'm not sure if she decided, I'll just do this because I don't want to die. And then she was like, you know, it's not so bad. Or if she is just still playing along because she doesn't want the Pharaoh to lose it. So now she's like hanging on the Pharaoh, like, oh, hey, yeah, you know, I'm Nephra, I'm the perfect student, I listen, and I know exactly what I needed to say to get him to do what I wanted. Call me Princess Nephra. Hmm, he does. I don't believe this. This is impossible. I'm the perfect student. I listen in class. I take excellent notes. What? I listen in class to your stupid, boring lectures. I write down every word you say. So I figured it out. The legend of Ramseth and Nephra. The mummy wouldn't die. All that shit. I remembered it all. So I played along with the sack of rags and boy. <laughs> Was he happy to see me? Do you understand what I am saying? You mean that you and he... Yes. Gee. How could you do this to me? Just keep your voice down. I think it's upsetting him. No, it's okay. You know, there was something else you said in class. About how jealous Ramseth was. Let's see if you were right. No, don't, don't. Oh, oh, Professor Finney, one little kissy whizzy for your favorite. No, kissy. no, Stella. Your favorite student. No. She plays to the jealousy of the pharaoh. So what does she do? What does she do, Brandon? She looks like she's going to kiss him. She's almost going to treat him in the same way that Mr. Numbskull treated her. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, she starts coming on him and pulling him close to, to kiss him. And immediately, I mean, this pharaoh, they don't kid around when they say he gets jealous. Like, he barely even did anything. Or she even barely did anything. And he immediately grabs him. And he's, like, choking him. And then I love how she she pulls up the nose uh, hook. She holds it up and she's like, look what I found. She's like, take it, babe, do it. And so the pharaoh's like, yeah. And so and so he takes it and he just, one queen clean swoop. Like he doesn't miss the hole. He doesn't even line it up, just right up into Professor Finley's nose. And even she's like, her eyes are wide, like, ooh, that's nasty. He's really like ramming it up there, right? I was so curious of what it was going to look like when it came out. And then like when it came out, it was like a little bitty chunk. I was like... Okay, I guess that makes sense. Like, it wouldn't come out as, like, a big old thing, you know? Yeah, you kind of hoped it would, though, like, that you'd swirl it around yeah. and then, like, drag it out. I mean, maybe it's maybe you got to do it multiple times. Yeah, you I don't know the logistics of doing this, but... It's a small <laughs> hole. <laughs> I haven't taken an Egyptology class. So now it cuts to some time later, and so you're like, oh, cool, she got out, you know, it's fine, she's fine, everything's fine. And she's back, and she's at school, and she's um, leading one of the teachers into the class... And there's like a, oh, is it a cop? There's some cops. Yep. Yeah. So she's there's acting like her baggy clothes, her glasses. Yeah. She's acting like nothing's wrong. This detective's there and he's like, I need to talk to you about your class project. So they're all like trying to stay calm. They're just like, okay. And so right away you're like, oh no, what's her class project? She's like, what do you mean? Did I get a good grade? Cause that's all she cares about. I mean, she's smart. Right. And so from behind her, you see the project. And so what she did is she took, yeah, so she took Jeffrey Jones's character and Anthony Michael Hall. So she took Reggie and Finley, and she mummified them, most of them. 
uh, and has been move right. I know. So you're like, okay, well, she lost her mind then. I was kind of hoping she'd get out of this, <laughs> but it is tales from the crib. So she lost her mind. She mummified Professor Finley and Reggie. Their faces are exposed, and they both have their mouths open, like in the scream. You know, someone though still had the gall to give her very good A plus <laughs> on it. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I know this is kind of sketchy, but this is really good. <laughs> everybody teacher... else had everybody else had the volcano with a baking soda and <laughs> yeah. vinegar. You went all the way. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I don't know because she has it labeled like Egyptian mummies. It's my fast project and everything. I don't know what happened to this midterm test. I don't know if they ever had to take it or not. But so she got a very good A plus. I don't know if either A the teacher wasn't really paying attention about who was actually in these mummy things, and then when she figured it out, she was like, oh crap. Or B. She didn't want Stella to lose her mind in front of her and try to kill her. So she was like, uh-huh, very good, A+. plus." Just, like, put it on there and then backed out of the room, you know? <laughs> and uh, that's pretty much it. That's the end of the episode. So what did you think, all in all? You know, so I watched this episode twice. I watched it once about a week ago, and then I watched it earlier today. And the second time I watched it, I think I was paying attention a little bit more. And it was actually pretty enjoyable. Like, I mean... In the grand scheme of all Tales from the Crypt, I would for sure watch this episode again. Yeah, I, I mean, I liked it. I thought the twist was fun. Um, you know, throwing a little bit of the gore in there. And I mean, I really didn't see some of it coming because I also didn't remember it. So, I mean, maybe there's something to that. But there's like 97 episodes. So I'm not going to necessarily remember each one so clearly. Now yeah. now I might because I've reviewed all of them. But no, I enjoyed it. I'd probably watch this one again, too. It was It was fun. It cuts to the Crypt Keeper, and he's got all these books, and he's studying. He's got his little cap on. And... Crypt Keeper, you're so punny. And the best Crypt Keeper pun is... As for me, I've got to get back to my corpse catalog and decide on a major. I thought about going pre-dead, but I think I'd be better at Shriekonomics. <laughs> So yeah, that's the end of Season 5, Episode 9, Creep Course. There is no IMDb trivia for this episode. The next episode is Season 5, Episode 10, Came the Dawn. Brandon, thank you so much for being on this episode again. Always a pleasure. Thanks for having me. I love, uh, yeah, just talking about something like Tales from the Crypt is awesome. That's, I mean, I grew up on this, so. It's been fun. Is there anything you want to plug, necessarily? Got, <laughs> yeah, no. got nothing going on there's i mean there's nothing going on across the board we don't have any shows i mean all our stuff's on any streaming service so if you look up american standards you'll find us hopefully the world gets back to normal here soon and we'll be able to uh, start recording again and get back on the road but until then i'll be uh, quarantined in my house and well how would you describe your genre of music it depends on who's listening. If uh, if you talk to my mom, anytime she hears any band that has a raspy voice on the radio, she's like, oh, I heard you guys on the radio. <laughs> so we're like Nirvana, but heavier. Metallica, but heavier. Pantera, but heavier. You know, metal, punk, hardcore, all the above. But um, it's it's funny talking to people like, you know, at the office or anything that hear that I'm in a band and then they want to listen to us and they ask me what we sound like. Mm -hmm. I have to like use the barometer of what they've heard of to like say where we are. Yeah. Well, it's not yeah, for everybody, but it's, it's fun. <laughs> I started it literally half a lifetime ago. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you all so much for downloading and supporting and listening to the podcast. You can find the Good Evening Kitties podcast on Facebook. It also has a Twitter page that's at GEK podcast or at GEC podcast. You can email the podcast with any questions or comments at goodeveningpod at gmail.com. 
you can find the podcast pretty much anywhere. Um, so yeah. So thanks again for your support. You can leave a review on podcast Republic or iTunes or Facebook and stay safe out there and have a good one. And Brandon say bye. Have a good one, everybody. Thanks for having me. Hopefully I'll be back on, uh, maybe sooner than two years this time. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Bye. I just had quite a